Thanks, Timmy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, friends out in Grundy County and um, all of you who are watching from the comfort of your home. Um, I think I was about maybe 12 or 13 when we went on our first family vacation that didn't involve a station wagon or bologna sandwiches. If you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. So we flew on a little puddle jumper plane and at one point to get to our vacation spot. And at one point in our journey on this tiny plane with I think maybe half an engine, we hit an air pocket or something and our plane dropped like 30,000 feet in one second. Okay, maybe it was like a thousand feet, but don't bother me with the details, okay? This is my story. The liquid in the in in the glass in my glass on my tray top, back of the tray table, back of what whatever, flew, the liquid flew up and out of my glass, up to the roof of the plane, and back down into my glass. My heart stopped beating. I'm surprised I ever flew again. Once when I was in college and Ozark Airlines was still flying out of Waterloo, once again dating myself, the plane I was on started barreling down the runway with its back door still open. All of us passengers had to yell at the flight attendant to try to get her to get the pilot to stop the plane so she could shut the door. Once, I'm not done, Chuck and I were on a flight and just as the plane was touching down, I decided to make an ill-timed joke about how landing is the most dangerous part of flying. Okay, never do this. And the wheels hit the ground to land, and then all of a sudden, the engine just revs back up and the plane took off again. And we were all prepped for a landing, and so all of a sudden, everybody on the plane just became dead silent looking around, trying to discern what just happened. And after what seemed like an eternity later, the pilot came on and said, you know what, the plane landing in front of us didn't quite get out of our way fast enough, so I had to take off again. Now here's my question. Which one of these flight experiences, friends, best describes how your, flight, your life feels right now? Like the plane you were on just dropped a few thousand feet? Your drink's up at the ceiling? Maybe your life right now feels like you're barreling down the runway with the back door open and you're trying to get somebody to stop the plane. Or maybe your life feels like you thought you were landing and you're like, ah. And then it took off again, and you're just sitting in silent shock, looking around at strangers, wondering what on earth is happening right now. Now, maybe there's one or two of you who would say, you know what, Alice? My life right now feels like I'm flying first class to Hawaii. And if that's you, all I can say to you is carry on, friends. I don't want to hear about it. But for the rest of us, Let's talk this morning about how we find courage when life feels shaky. How and where do followers of Jesus find courage? Well, four weeks ago, we taught briefly from the Gospel of John chapter 20 and this three little passages where we find Jesus' disciples quaking in fear together after the resurrection 
or the crucifixion and the death of their leader. And their very lives were at risk for being followers of Jesus. And they had heard rumor about his resurrection, but they didn't yet know it was true. And I want to revisit that story this morning. And I want to pull out four things from that story that can help us find courage, no matter what kind of flight we're currently experiencing. So let's revisit that story. I'm just going to read through it, and then we're going to walk our way through it to find these four principles. This is what John writes. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing I, first thing I want you to notice in this story is the word together. Okay, the disciples were together in their fear. So in order to find courage, one of the first things the disciples did was they chose community. They were together in their fear. Scientists tell us, you probably learned this in junior high, that when human beings feel fear, we are biologically wired to either fight Battle back, take flight, run away, or freeze, like a deer in the headlights. Fight, flight, or freeze. But as social scientists continued to study the human fear response, they discovered another fourth response. When some people felt scared, they overrode their desire to fight, flee, or freeze. And instead, what they did when they were scared was they moved toward the people they loved. When they felt fear, their biological wiring caused them to move into community. And scientists discovered that when human beings choose community when we're fearful, amazing things happen in our brains. Listen to this. When we move toward community, toward any kind of connection when we feel fear, chemicals are released in our brains that actually increase courage and expand our sense of hope. At the same time this happens, the fear center of our brain gets shut down. God designed us this way. Community reduces fear and increases courage and hope. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can actually create what scientists have called the biology of courage by reaching out to connect to other human beings when we're scared. Three of my friends and I stumbled into this way back in March. Do you remember March? Right at the start of COVID, right? When everything just, just powered down and it was so eerie. 
Well, three of my friends and I, so four of us, just started texting, just sharing our days, our concerns, our fears, our struggles, our tears, our prayers, our successes. We have barely missed a day since March 15th of this form of communication. And it is not an overstatement to say that this group has been a lifesaver for all four of us. This is what Jesus' scared disciples were doing on that dark morning in their lives. They were finding courage by finding community. And we can do this too. And I get it. I get it. It's harder than normal. But we can get creative. We have never, we as humans have never had more avenues to connect with other humans than we have today. And listen to me. Do not give in to the lie that you are the only one who's lonely. That's a lie. Reach out and seek community, even if it's simply a group of friends or one person you want to text with. Or what if you even had to make a phone call? Or, Lord have mercy, use the postal service and write a letter. Community, friends, is a deep source of courage. The second word I want you to notice in this story is the word showed. So the disciples are sitting in fear. Jesus came and stood among them, said, peace be with you. And then he showed his friends, his hands, and his side. Jesus in this moment was forcing his scared friends to find courage by focusing on the current moment. When Jesus shows them his hands and his side, of course he was showing them that he was the same Jesus they just saw killed on the cross, right? He was letting them know, it's me. It's me, friends. But I also think he was signaling to them, stop ruminating over the past, what you just saw happen with your own eyes, and stop fretting about and being fearful of the future, of what you fear might happen. Be here, Jesus was saying. Be here with me in this room right now. See what is real right in front of your eyes. Look at my literal hands and side. Because Jesus knew, and he still knows, that when we're afraid, there is power in seeing, in focusing on the current moment and what's real right in front of us. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was talking, it was in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was talking to people who were worrying about their future in this little section. And this is how he ends that little part of this sermon. This is from the message paraphrase. This is what Jesus said. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard thing comes up when the time Look at that. 
Getting worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow is exactly what Jesus' disciples were doing in John 20, and it is exactly what too many of us are doing in every moment of our lives right now, including me. But fear and worry and anxiety all involve fretting about what might happen tomorrow. And when we do that, we are missing what God has graciously provided for us right now. Fear steals today right out from under me and right out from under you. And so when we are scared, one of the ways we can find courage is to focus on the current current moment, to give, as Jesus said in this particular uh, translation of Matthew, to give our entire attention to what God is doing right now. Have you ever done that? Give your entire attention to what God is doing today, knowing, trusting, believing that God will help you deal with whatever hard thing comes up tomorrow. He's always been faithful in that, hasn't he? How do I know? Because you're sitting right here in front of me. That's how I know. So we can find courage in community. We can find courage in the current moment. And the third thing I want you to notice in the story, in this, the third word I want you to notice, go back. Go ahead. There you go. Uh, so, you know, Jesus said, peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands and his side. And then he again said, peace be with you. And then he said this weird thing to these scared disciples. He said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now this, this picture, because I spend a lot of time with this text, this made me giggle a little bit. <laughs> Here these friends of Jesus are huddled in fear behind a locked door, okay? <laughs> They've denied Jesus in his moment of greatest need. They have betrayed his friendship when he most needed them. They are like a whimpering little litter of newborn puppies. And Jesus shows up and he gives them this massive assignment that will take every ounce of bravery they have. It stuns me, really, who Jesus puts his trust in. And he says, as the Father sent me, meaning in love and grace and service and humility, also to die, in that same way I'm sending you. Not to condemn the world, John 3, 17, but to partner with me and my Father in saving it. Jesus was sending them out of their room of fear and into a scary world that needed the message they had to bring. And this very sending was part of what brought them courage. And when we are scared, we too can find courage by turning our attention toward the needs of others. I guess I guess I need my third point. There we go. Thank you. Sorry. We can find courage by caring for others. Did you know that we are again? I love the science. We are biologically wired by God to serve others when we feel anxious or worried or fearful about our own lives. I'm not making this up. I read this book called The Upside of Stress 
The Upside of Stress, by a professor at Stanford whose life's work is to study people under stress in all kinds of circumstances. And one huge finding stood out to me when I was reading this. Dr. McGonigal writes this. She said, when we care for others, it changes our biochemistry. It changes the chemicals in our brain, activating systems of the brain that produce feelings of hope and courage. Holy smokes, friends. What happens in our brains when we care for other people is very similar to what happens in our brains when we gather in community. Can you imagine what would happen in our brains if we did both? Again, some of my friends and I just stumbled into this truth. Literally stumbled. In the last couple of months, more out of desperation than wisdom. It's just three of us, and we started this little group called the Kitchen Table Collective. And every week, we provide homemade cookies, freshly baked sourdough bread, butter, and local honey, along with a note of encouragement to friends and neighbors we think are in a situation where they might need some hope, they might need some care, they might need some courage, they maybe need some carbs. I mean, and you know what we discovered? Every time we make a delivery to someone else, we gain courage, we find hope, we experience encouragement. Don't you just love how God created us? And every single one of us can do this. It doesn't have to be cookies. Who in your life right now needs a sign that someone sees them and loves them? One of your employees, a student? that you're teaching, one of your kids' teachers maybe, a lonely neighbor, a public official, one of our senior leaders? Be creative, friends. Offer what you have. We are wired to care for other people when we are fearful. And in doing so, God renews our courage. Last word. I want you to notice, which is, which is the word that we touched on four weeks ago. And that is this. This is the very end of this story. It's just three verses. And with that, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Last thing we need to do when we're fearful when we want to find courage, is we need to connect to the breath. Jesus, the one who was dead, they saw him crucified, who breathed his last breath on the cross for you and for me and for the whole world. They saw that. That Jesus now stood among his scared friends and he breathed on them. Now, why did he breathe on them? Why didn't he just say, receive the Spirit? I wonder, and this is just my wondering, okay? 
I wonder if it is because Jesus wanted to demonstrate that the Christian faith is a full body faith. It is not merely an intellectual faith. See, too often, the reason that Christian cliches don't help scared people, cliches like, you know what, just pray about it. Just read your Bible. Just trust God. Too often, people pretend like those work, but they come to my office, and I know they don't, okay? Too often, the reason these tend not to help when we are afraid is because they are all just about the mind, and they, they neglect the truth that fear can get lodged in our bodies. You know it if you felt fear. Fear happens in our bodies, and what we need to do is we need to find courage with a full-body approach to our faith. So let's talk about the breath for just a minute. There was a study in the Journal of Neurophysiology, which I'm just going to tell you is what I read with my morning coffee these days, okay? <laughs> little Journal of Neurophysiology, little coffee. But this study found that quick breathing rates, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? They trigger feelings like anxiety or anger or fear. It reminds me of Psalm 23, where the psalmist prayed to God. This is a different translation I've been reading. Psalm 27, verse 3. This is a prayer. Don't give me over to the breath of my fear. This has been my prayer lately. The breath of fear is fast and shallow and panting and unhelpful. But in the same study, the researchers found that it is possible to reduce fear and anxiety in the body and the mind by slowing down the breath. And in this story, when I picture Jesus breathing his spirit onto his scared disciples, now I'm obviously using my imagination here, which we're free to do when we read the Bible. I do not picture him panting on them, a terrified, short, shallow breath. <laughs> Receive the spirit. No. I am I'm glad you guys have masks on in the front row. I imagine the risen Jesus filling his newly alive lungs and breathing powerfully and slowly and deeply as the spirit wafts over these chicken little disciples, filling them with God-breathed courage and confidence. Spirit is in the breath. And we can recall this. You and I can do this when we're fearful. We can slow our breath down. And we can breathe in that same spirit. Because the spirit is found in the breath. And this is part of a full body faith. I don't know who among you this morning 
might need courage as we face the fall and the winter of 2020. I know that I do. And so I encourage you to go to this text, three short verses from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22, for incredibly life-giving truths. How do we as followers of Jesus find courage? We move toward community. We find a way even if we have to be outside, even if we have to be distanced, even if we have to wear masks to protect our neighbors, even if we have to use technology or write a note, find a way. You are not the only lonely person. Focus on the current moment. Give your entire attention. I dare you to practice this today. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right Care for other people. Look around, friends. Get up and out of your own angst. Reach out. Help someone else in their suffering. And lo and behold, God will infuse you with your own courage and hope. And last but not least, connect to the breath. Don't give in to the breath of your fears. Spirit is in the breath. Long, slow, deep We have never needed courage more than we need courage right now. The courage to love, the courage to live with hope, and the courage to be Jesus' hands and feet in a world ablaze with fear and hatred. And so I hope and pray that one of these points, just one, resonated with you this morning and that you can engage it this coming week. And as you do, may you find and live with Jesus-inspired courage. Amen. Let's pray. And then we're going to sing some songs to this amazing God of ours. Join me. Father, you never promised us a life free from fear, but you did promise us courage. And you promised us your presence And you promised us your spirit. And you've promised us your power. And you've called us to be the kind of people who gather together. You've called us to be the kind of people who live in the moment, who trust you for today, while leaving tomorrow in your capable hands. You've called us Oh, God, of all the things you've called us to be, it's people who care for others. And you've called us to live our faith with our full bodies, to pay attention to how we breathe, and to find courage in your spirit in the breath. And so I pray for every single one of my friends and neighbors here in this room, in Grundy County, across the Cedar Valley and beyond who are listening to my voice this morning. God, I pray your courage into your people this morning. And I trust you, and I believe you, and I know you will give it to us. In Jesus' good and perfect and present name.